Coming up, what an excellent day for the face of the enemy. Sucking cocks in hell, right on the feet. No. I suppose. <laughs> what an excellent day for sucking cocks in hell. Mm-hmm. That, that's not going to look right on. We on were waiting S- this whole time, and we finally get to it, and we're like, we can't use that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An RSS feed with that in it. Don't get us canceled. Yeah. We're a family show. <laughs> and that's when I make the argument. It's like, it's like, well, it is your mother sucking cocks. <laughs> Well, howdy, folks, and welcome to Minute 107 of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we endeavor to examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist, minute by terrifying minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keenan Diaz. And we'll be your holy guides on this journey through what some have called the scariest movie of all time. Okay, so our minute begins with Karis saying, in the face of the enemy. And it ends with Captain Howdy screaming and writhing on the bed as the priests continue to pray over Reagan. Mm. And folks, just a heads up at the top here. This part of the book, this final battle, is the reason I wanted to do this show. I have been trying to figure out how to fit our Book of Blatty readings in with the minutes of the film, but the pacing and the order of events are too different, and I feel like it would lessen the impact of both of them if I tried to do it that way. Both of these are songs, and I don't want to interrupt them with a different song. So I am going to try to find a future episode that has a lull in the action where we can go back and read from the book. Um, I'm workshopping this as I go. Uh, The readings might also be in several parts. Um, I want the climaxes to be in the same episode. We'll we'll see if I can manage that. Uh, Wish me luck, folks. Yeah, I am having somewhat of a similar problem, Lester's. I'm watching to review uh, mm. i just keep you know i try to watch one minute and then i just keep going like the 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 um inertia of the, of the movie right, right. is um yeah it, it's making it hard for me to go okay that's one minute i just keep watching right. oh wait oh, wait i've been watching this for 10 minutes now exactly yeah yeah and it, uh mm. I, I had a similar thing with the book too where mm-hmm. um where i read the last whatever 50 pages of the book like in one sitting and, and yeah. just couldn't put it down mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah this is the part that sweeps you up and and doesn't stop folks mm-hmm. so it's a little weird doing it minute by minute and we're just like cutting lines off and stopping mm-hmm. in the middle of like a prayer or, you know, or a curse from Howdy or something like that. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so we're, we're going to do our best uh, examining it minute by minute. Um, and I will try to uh, fit those book bits in um, a little bit later when, when there's like an organic place for it. Um, but yeah, let's get back to the top of this minute. Let's look at this symphony that is playing out before us. Mm-hmm. Folks, this has one of my favorite moments in the whole film. Um, I think it's an unsung moment. Um, I don't even know if it was intentional, but I love it and I'm excited to get to it. Hmm. But right now, let's take a look at Dimmy. Um, oh, and I'm, no, 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 I'm not talking about sucking cocks in hell. That's just, that's just... my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> just in case anybody out there was wondering, it's like, oh, this is, this is the sucking cocks in hell. Right. Yeah, no, it's not that. Um, I'm sure there are some of our listeners who who know, even without it being in the title, that this is the second Cox. Yeah, hell. this is minute. They have a tattooed on their wrist, <laughs> minute one oh six of the Exorcist, and they just show it to their friends. When yeah, they're, yeah. In arguments, this is, mm-hmm. <laughs> they started, you know, um, a year back, and they were like, "All right, we're on minute five now. Let me just see." All right, minute one oh seven. I will get back to them. Oh, a strike. Oh, they're never going to get to it now. 
Okay, but right now, let's take a look at Dimmy, back where we left him kneeling at the foot of the bed. Remember, folks, the last line of the previous minute was by Marin. Um, he had said, Be unto her, O Lord, a fortified tower. And now we get to hear Damien's response. He says, In the face of the enemy. And Dimmy's voice is strong and clear. He is in this now. Remember, folks, I was so happy in the last minute to see Dimmy starting to step into his role as a priest. Um, I know he is a priest, he's been a priest, but you read the book, you watch the movie, and every time he's doing priest things, it's just a little off. Maybe something in the eyes or how he says the words, he's distracted, he's turned inward, he's turned off. We know that he's a good person, faith or no faith, and because of that, we cheer for him here as he really and truly begins becoming a priest, becoming an exorcist in the face of the enemy. Yeah, well, we we cast a young priest, which is the point, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, but he does feel more at home with himself than uh, Dyer does, right? Yes, uh, yeah. yes. Like there's something, so part of it's the casting of Jason Miller, who looks like an athlete. This is again called out in the book that he looks, he does, you, you don't look at him and go, oh, this is a gentle, wise, uh, you right. know, um, uh, caring counselor person the way that you might with Dyer, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah, he just sort of wears it like he's uncomfortable. Like I love performances where people are uncomfortable in their skin, uh, um, mm. I'm thinking of uh, like Timmy Chalamet and uh, Call Me By Your Name. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, have you seen that actually? I have not. I have not. Uh, it, it's it's a really physical performance, and it, it just like you know he's what 17 or whatever, and it just feels mm -hmm. like you know when you're when you're a kid and you're growing up and you're like all of a sudden my shoulders don't work the same way they did when mm -hmm. I was a foot shorter, you know, and I'm just sort of like lanky and and walking around. I just don't feel comfortable and yeah. then on top of that he's got the the idea that he's falling in love with this guy when perhaps mm. he doesn't even think that he uh would like guys before it's all it's discomfort and i think jason miller has that right he like mm -hmm. the oh, i guess the only time i see, we see him comfortable in a priest costume is when he's uh, just laughing at Burke Dennings at the beginning. Right. <laughs> yeah, like every other time, it's just like, oh, God, I got to be a priest. <laughs> I got to go out there and I got to go out there and people are looking at me and, they, mm -hmm. you know, they, they have these expectations. So, yeah, that's the only time I could think of, right, when he's like yeah. watching somebody else. He's with the crowd and he doesn't think anyone's looking at him. And he's just like, yeah, I could be And he's able to just, yeah, be himself. It, yeah. it, it feels like he feels like he's living a lie. Yeah. Um, and, and he's got, you know, that 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 imposter syndrome and he's just like the the weight of it is is weighing him down um yeah i can recall one other time i actually like got some screenshots of it mm -hmm. um back when him and kinderman are talking remember when he's like they're, they're kind of like one of them's in the foreground one of them is in the background so they mm -hmm. they don't see each other but they're both like kind of like fencing they're talking about like it's like oh well you know it's like i could always say it's a matter of confession blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. and and karis has this smile on his face that is again it's just like it's it's so genuine it's it's like it's like you know sun poking out of the clouds and mm -hmm. kinderman also like like they make each other smile it's like this beautiful like moment in the film that yeah. like if you see it by itself like i like i'll upload the the, the screenshots on the on the listener page if you've never seen the exorcist you, you'd see it's like oh these are just two buddies <laughs> like having a chat right <laughs> so we mm -hmm. think that's maybe that's part of um uh, like our thesis or my working thesis that like mm. the movie's about performance in some ways and um, and you know with Kinderman Dimmy doesn't have to pretend to be a priest and, mm. and with uh, with Dimmy Kinderman doesn't have to pretend to be this um, like idiot uh, Columbo type right he, right he admit that he's being smart and that he's uh, yeah that both of them are working each other yeah they can they can kind of let their guard down a little bit even mm -hmm. though they are fencing it's like fencing on a different level so they can right. stop the like the facade that they they have for everybody else like they were fencing before but had to pretend that they weren't fencing, right? That's how they right. normally are doing exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, we're we're um we're dressed as uh, as clowns, and it's just 
pretend fence, and but we really know this is for real. I'll fucking kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that I would fucking kill you, and I know I would fucking kill you. So great. Yeah. Finally, finally, we've met someone who understands this. Right. It's like, I want to kill you. You want to kill me. Oh, what a breath of fresh air. <laughs> right. And the kids are like, clowns. Hey, the clowns are so funny, mommy. Look at the clowns. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I've never, I've never met my match before. It's like, it's like I've, I've, I've just one thing to say to you. Do you like movies, father? <laughs> wonka, wonka. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, but no, and like, so, so that and the little laugh at the beginning with, uh, with Burke's line mm-hmm. and this right here, I know he's not smiling and laughing here, but he is being real right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Like he is, he is turned on. He is, he is, um, you know, like all the dials are, you know, uh, set to 10 and he is, he is comfortably in his skin, right. Mm-hmm. To, to go back to what you were saying, like he is, he's finally, you know, coming into his own and this is like, oh, it, you know, it, it feels so good to, to see him, uh, do that. Yeah, he's serving realness, as the as the kids might say. Oh, serving realness. I like that. <laughs> Executive realness. Yes, mm. he's he's giving. I don't know. Some, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they don't finish that. Sometimes they just say it's giving. It's giving, and then they all go. Mm, mm, yeah, and yeah. They, they like they uh, snap their fingers a little right. bit. Right. <laughs> Which for yes. folks not in the know, it's like it's giving such and such vibes. Right. Yeah. If you don't have any uh, young people in your life who. Uh, are, are willing to uh, be themselves in front of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. That's what we'll let you know what they say. They say it's giving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then one of them will say based. <laughs> Which is sometimes good and sometimes bad if I understand yes. it correctly. I, I think it's like, I don't know the difference between facts and mm-hmm. based yet. <laughs> Oh yeah, write us write us in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're like write to you at a, um, at a Gmail. Uh, I don't oh think God. so. <laughs> Three stars. This whole show is a mood. I'm like <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> is that good? Is that bad? If you have to ask, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so like as our generation would say, um, he is being real right now in the face of the enemy. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of which, speaking of faces of enemies, um, we get a hard cut here and Howdy rears up again like a snake from the bed and screams at Marin. Reagan's face is contorted in this snarl where she's got teeth bared. Her pupils are tiny little pinpricks of blackness as Howdy fixes his gaze on his chosen enemy. But... Marin continues to pray. He says, let the enemy have no power over her. I, I don't know if we've given enough credit to just how incredibly scary uh, Captain Howdy looks yeah. and, and is at these. Like, I, I don't uh-huh. want to take that for granted as we're talking about this movie. But but like, yeah, this makeup, I, I think, mm-hmm. as you pointed out, right, like the pupils is a big part of it. Right. So these mm-hmm. contact lenses that are given giving Linda Blair. Right. That, that is, um, uh, uh, you know, giving. Uh, it's giving green uh, uh, pupils, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so, like the contact lenses are there to give these green pupils to make it look like okay, she, you know, she's not in control. This is somebody else right. from the inside. But yeah, the fact that I, I imagine that, that these these contact lenses um, have these pupils drawn on them that, that it's mm. to, to stay dilated the entire time, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you mean contracted? Oh, I always get that wrong. I always no. have that backwards. Yes, mm. yeah, they're contracted. They're tiny little little uh, pinpricks, right? Right. And right. so that that is just terrifying to be looked at with those mm-hmm. eyes. Um, I, I don't know how to how else to say it. It just it's inhuman. Yeah, it looks animalistic, and mm-hmm. then. 
Yeah, I guess also in the darkness, her eyes should be, what's the word I said before? Uh, contracted? Uh, um, dilated? Yes, they should be dilated. <laughs> they in should the, be dilated. Oh my God. You, <laughs> you made me second guess myself. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, in the darkness. I knew this before. <laughs> yeah, you corrected me. Now I'm now I'm going on a crisis of faith of, about the difference between contracted and dilated. <laughs> between base and based. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but but so in the darkness, it, it, naturally her eyes should be open wide, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Try to let in as much light as possible, but then this makeup is making it the opposite. Like, right. like geez, what is she? She's not responding to the same stimulus in the room that we are. That's scary. The fact scary. that that physics and nature aren't working on mm-hmm. her body. Right. Um, yeah, and and I'm I talk a little bit about this um, a little bit further down the page. We're talking mm-hmm. about like it, it almost like she's almost like Howdy is looking out of a mask. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And we have we have a a primal response to masks because they they shield like the most telling parts of a person's face mm-hmm. like if you can't see their eyes clearly right i mean it's like you know back in the you know back way 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 back in the primal days right when we're trying to like you know discern a friend or a foe mm-hmm. and you can't read someone or something's eyes mm-hmm. it's it it biologically disturbs us right our faces evolved not just ours but i guess our um our simian ancestors as well as well right our mm-hmm. faces evolved in order to betray our feelings Mm. Right. That, those are the, the animals who would betray their feelings and be readable to the other people in their society would get um, better benefits. And so mm. we evolved into um, having faces that would uh, yeah, betray our inner thoughts. Yes. Right. As opposed to uh, as opposed to ones who seem aloof or cold or what have you. Um, mm. So, yeah. So to have, uh, you know, be completely blocked from being able to see this person and what they're thinking and not seeing like their their cheeks revealing that they're scared or their mm-hmm. you know, or their or their eyes revealing what that they're thinking right it's just it's just really really disconcerting right not and not even the same voice it's not even words it's just like like that oh well, that's oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so we got nothing we have we have no uh way to read howdy um mm-hmm. but Luckily, um, Marin's not concerned with uh, with reading him. He's, uh, <laughs> you know, he's he's reading that book and yeah, uh, reading yeah. Howdy for filth. Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> this is just drag queen lingo that the kids oh, say okay. now. <laughs> I agreed to it before I even knew. <laughs> You're like, yeah, what? <laughs> you know, but all this serving and giving and, and reading—it's all, it's all drag queen lingo from the eighties. So that... That's now it's now what the young kids all say. So is every verb wrong now? <laughs> So I'm just going to, I'm just like, like, I'm just going to pick a verb and I'm going to be like, well, that probably doesn't mean what it mean, what it meant when I was growing up. <laughs> yeah, they're all different now. <laughs> Jesus. Well, that's right, Lester. They don't think it'd be like it is, but it do. Do you want to know that one? <laughs> I teach... <laughs> English literature mm-hmm. and English grammar. <laughs> the classics. <laughs> yeah. From the late 1900s. <laughs> right. Yeah. So the, the kids can have it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure. But yeah. All right. Speaking of, speaking of, of literature. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So, so Marin's not even paying attention to mm-hmm. like all of Howdy's tricks. He is reading that book and he says, let the enemy have no power over her. Um, now we cut back to Dimmy as he gives the response. He says, and the son of iniquity be powerless to harm her. And he, and as he says this, he looks up. I like this touch. He has been looking back up from, uh, the words he knows. He also has to be present 
in that way as well. Mm -hmm. Um, It also means he's prepared. He knows when the next response is going to be and when it's safe to look up. Um, And now I hear in his voice a little bit of emotion. The words are having an effect both on Howdy and on Dimmy. He is hearing himself ask God that this evil spirit be powerless to harm this little girl. And he means it. He is talking to God right now, whether he knows it or not. And look at this, folks. Only now does Howdy acknowledge him. This whole time, Howdy has been looking at Marin. But maybe now he can sense Karis waking up from his own hell, and Howdy can't have that. He jumps on that, and he attacks him with, your mother sucks cocks in hell, Karis, you faithless slime. That's the rest of that line. Um <laughs> Yeah, when we and quote it, it, we don't need the rest of that line. I suppose, yeah, yeah, right. right yeah. Well, can we stop there? Like, why, why, yeah, why do you think that mm. that line works so well and is a catchphrase? I mean, it is so vulgar, mm-hmm. um, but I guess also just so specific. Like when you say when you say your mother sucks cocks in hell, <laughs> you know it's the Exorcist, right? As yeah. opposed mm-hmm. to like your mother sucks cocks or your mother's in hell. Like, what what is it about right. that that like makes that um, you know a cultural touchstone? I think firstly, it's the trifecta of like, like, you know, you say your mother and everyone's like, (gasps) and it's like, sucks cocks. And you're like, no. (laughs) And then you say in hell. And it's like, Mm -hmm. no, that's the worst place to suck cocks. In Catholic 1970s America. Of all the places you tell me that my mother sucks cocks. You know, because it's like, like maybe, maybe at the last, you're kind of like holding out that mm-hmm. you know he'll say, you know, your mother sucks cocks in Helltown, Ohio. <laughs> is that a real? Which place? is a place? <laughs> oh yeah, that's a real place. Oh yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, go on a little vacation. <laughs> yeah, right. Suck a little cock. You know. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what the big attractions are in uh, Helltown, Ohio. Let me, let me. I mean, I, I think we just we just mentioned them. I think. <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm sure it's a sure it's a lovely I'm sure place. Sure it's a lovely place. Any, any listeners over there, we love you. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Which is sucking cocks. <laughs> yeah, where is it? Uh it's in Ohio. I'm looking, I'm looking. It's really in the middle. There's a lot of hotels around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they got a Costco. Uh-huh. <laughs> now let me see let me see like what the uh what the touristy things to do in, in Helltown, Ohio are. Let's mm-hmm. see here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Helltown is purportedly teeming with crybaby bridges, spooked school buses, mass human sacrifice scenes, and a mutant python for good measure. (laughs) A mutant python? Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Maybe this is a worse place to to suck cocks than in the actual hell. Rangers who visited the site became ill and covered in rashes because of the toxic chemicals improperly disposed of. Jesus. <laughs> oh. Oh no, wait. Okay, Keenan, Keenan. No, 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 no. Okay, I found it now. I was okay. thinking of something else. I was th- so I think I think they named it Helltown because it's such a horrible place. Yeah, it sounds like it. But there is a place called Hell, just H E L L in Michigan. Oh, okay. It's Hell, Michigan. Oh, um Michigan. It's an unincorporated community in Livingston County, located in the southeastern part of the state. It's known for its unique name and <laughs> has become a tourist attraction because uh, because of the name. Uh, people people often visit for the novelty of sucking cocks there. No. Um, <laughs> Of sending postcards from hell. Oh, 
Oh, I see. Buying souvenirs and saying they've been to hell and back. Ha <laughs> ha. Hell is capitalized. Uh, Hell, oh, hell has capitalized on its name with businesses and events themed around it, making it a humorous destination. Oh, yeah. I see they have yeah, the Hell Saloon and Go to Hell mm. Ice Cream Parlor. All right. This oh, sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's right up the, uh, up the road from Beaver Lake. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess your your mother sucks cock in Beaver Lake just doesn't have the <laughs> same kind of a ring to it. <laughs> See, folks, were you, were you worried that once it got too serious, we were going <laughs> to? Well, all right. I have not been to that part of Michigan. So yeah. it's like it's a little it's between Lansing and Ann Arbor, it looks like. So we should we should take a trip there someday. Yeah. Yes. Take a field trip to hell. Suck some cocks, whatever, whatever yeah, you want to do, Lester, whatever you some, want. Get some extra long Twizzlers. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I have read that uh, when Linda Blair was doing rehearsals for this scene with Max von mm. Sydow, like the very first time, it bothered right. him so much that he had trouble, right? He was just, maybe not bothered, maybe not like, you know, disturbed, but like enough where he had trouble in the initial run of it, like going on with the scene because he was just like, oh, what a thing right. to say, little girl. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah your mother's sucking cocks in hell. Mm. So this is, you know, like even though, you know, we are hearing Mercedes McCambridge's voice, like. Right. Linda Blair had to say all of these lines. Uh, she got to say them. Oh, I that, would yeah. say. I mean, you're if right, I'm right, a right. 12 year old girl, they're gonna they're gonna pay me money <laughs> to look at grown men in the eye and say this terrible stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a little bit too much. Like, like, oh, poor Linda Blair. Like, no, oh, she got to, she got to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's actually that's a good point. I didn't think about that. <laughs> like the equivalent of you dressing up in a devil costume. Yeah. Oh, uh, they're 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 making me dress up as a sexy devil and having. <laughs> Having this wild orgy in the scene. <laughs> exactly. I asked them if they could hire a stunt person. <laughs> but they said, Lester, there's nobody sexy enough <laughs> who will fit the devil costume. Yeah. Yes, we looked high and low <laughs> for mm-hmm. someone. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, it's the shockingness of it. Mm-hmm. It's weird, how, yeah, how specific the insult is here. Even though, yeah, all those individual parts of it, right, are are right. are not particularly unique to schoolyard chats, right? Like, right, right. But yeah, that that's a good point. Mm. I think it also has this like this rhythm, this I- iambic rhythm to it. Like, right, your mother sucks cocks in hell. Like, it just yeah. has this sort of flow to it. It's one of those things, like you know, it's like in high school theater. You know, right before you go on stage, you gather all the you know all the student actors, and they get in a circle, and they right. they do like you know. Like red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow. Leather. You know, your mother sucks cocks in hell. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. Right? They get a little clapping game. It's like, who sucks cocks in hell? Your mother sucks cocks in hell. What does she do in hell? Your mother sucks cocks in hell. Where does she suck cocks? Your mother sucks cocks in hell. Yeah, it's just it's such a great line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, thanks for taking that detour with me because it, no, really, it's one of the most famous things, right? In yeah, no. Why is it famous? Yeah. To hell, Michigan, we took that detour. (laughs) But no, yeah, no, I think, and what I like about it Mm -hmm. um, is everything. No, um, (laughs) no, what I like about it is that outside of the movie or the book, it's like still, it it, it stands up on its own. No. Ah, um. Outside of the movie, it still has this shock value. Like just right. by itself, it you, it makes you go, huh! mm-hmm. right? But 
we know um, for Karis, it has like a, is it still right if I say diegetic purpose? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it, it's, it, it's, it's cutting him very, very deeply, Specific, right? Because, right. because how he knows about his mother, how he knows about his fears um, about his mother. And mm-hmm. this is, this is a jab that is personal to Karis. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Cause I, cause I do think, you know, again, we were, we were discussing this earlier in Karis's dream sequence. Like, does he think his mother is in hell? I think he right. does. I mean, for the, or at least is like, is like vulnerable to that attack. Mm. Right. Even though like she seemed to be a, a faithful woman and a nice woman and all of that. Right. Like, right, right. like he, he is at least bothered by it enough that that this schoolyard taunt actually, you know, matters to him mm. as opposed to like, you know, um, your mother's bad at cooking. And he's like, I know my right. mother's not bad at cooking. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. My mother's a bomb ass cook. Yeah. She made me three types of cheese the other day. When I was there. <laughs> How do you say, uh, uh, oh, really? Like, like three times, three types? <laughs> right. <laughs> when are you guys, uh, when, when are you guys having another, like, a uh, little get together? Like, yeah, I can bring some wine. I can, I yeah. Can. She's in hell. She's in hell. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I, yeah. I didn't know. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. It's terrible, terrible. But, uh, but no, so, like, the whole purpose of this of this taunt is mm-hmm. is to get to Karis. Like he knows that that will hurt and distract him, but mm-hmm. he is not just Karis anymore. That's what he says. So it's like your mother sucks cocks in hell, Karis, you faithless slime, right. right? But he is not only Karis anymore. He is becoming Father Damien Karis, even though we don't see his face in the shot and cannot see how he reacts to this attack. Mm-hmm. Actually, I want to talk about not seeing his face here. Um, it's it's more than just an, an over-the-shoulder shot. Friedkin is doing this thing, again, where he is using the body of a character to obscure our view. Um, Damien's head and shoulder plunge nearly half the screen into darkness, forcing mm-hmm. us to focus on the angry, spitting face of Captain Howdy. Um, in this shot, Dimmy really has become a lonely black cloud, as Blatty puts it so early in our story. Before we even know his name, that's how Blatty refers uh, uh, to him, a lonely black cloud. But the difference here is that on the other side of that cloud in this shot, the side that we don't see, but the side that Howdy is screaming at, it's bathed in light. And I know it's like, it's, it's the light from the room, mm-hmm. but... In this shot where where Dimmy is a cloud, you can see light poking out the edges of the blackness. You can see it shining on the edge of his face and the edge of his coat. And his breath is coming out in these white clouds, which are made even more visible by this light. Mm -hmm. I also like that we don't even give Howdy time to finish before we have cut again. It's another over the shoulder of Karis, but now Dimmy's black cloud is smaller, and we can see Marin in profile beyond him. And even though this is a different angle, I think Damien is still looking at Reagan. And I like that juxtaposition because it looks like Marin is either looking down at the book or he's got his head bowed in prayer. And this shot gives me the impression that they are switching off. Like one of them focuses on the ritual and one of them is there with Reagan, which implies that Karis is now able to handle that by himself. He's no longer the assistant to the doctor. He's the other doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm not saying I know for sure that's what's going on in the scene, but the way this shot is laid out, it gives me that feeling. And before doing the show with you, Keenan, I never really appreciated a director and a cinematographer's ability to make, I, I think you said, like 2D pictures out of 3D images. Mm-hmm. 
Like having someone farther away gives us the feeling that they are smaller or uh, the direction they're looking uh, might imply opposition or agreement, right? I'm searching for those moments now as we look at these shots. Yeah, that's a lot of what film theory is, what a lot of what filmmaking practice is about. I mm. think uh, I think the best distillation of how all that works is in this book by Bruce Block I've talked about a little bit called The Visual Story. Oh, um, okay. It's a textbook, but it's a pretty cheap, te- it's like $30, $40 depending. Oh, okay. um, so we should probably put that in like our show notes and send that oh, to yeah, people. Yeah. yeah, like um, the the thing that the, that filmmakers are doing is they're taking a three-dimensional space, right? The movie set. Mm-hmm. And then they're converting it into a two-dimensional image, and those, by its very nature, are um, not as not as easy as it might sound, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your camera tends to make certain things bigger as they come closer to the screen when you don't right. want them to, uh, uh, et cetera. Um, which you you can see like when you try to take a selfie with yourself when your your wide lens on your camera is too close to you, and you all right. of a sudden look stretchy or fat or older or all, all these effects mm-hmm. that we have, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, so we're taking a three dimensional space on set, turning it into a two dimensional space for the audience to receive, and then mm-hmm. to create the illusion of three dimensions in the audience audience's mind right right so it's it's all of those things uh put together um so in order to make damien feel like he's right up against the camera we might have him like 20 feet away from the camera you know all sorts of really weird tricky things like that so yeah uh yeah we should link to that bruce blocks the visual story okay yeah yeah we'll 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 put a link to that yeah Mm -hmm. Hmm. all right thank you keenan um but yeah like i said howdy is still saying you know his famous line about karis's mother sucking cocks in hell (laughs) and i love that nobody is listening Mm mm-hmm even the camera has cut away from him <laughs> to this new shot. We're we're with the priests now, and we're not listening to this jerk anymore. And that simple act of having the camera cut away from him, combined with Marin and Karis talking quietly over him, makes his words small and pathetic. Even though he's like physically louder than mm-hmm. them. Um, and I keep saying I keep saying he. Um, I know it's Mercedes McCambridge. I know it's you know it's Reagan, but like it's it's Howdy. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it, it, it makes his voice just small and pathetic and desperate, completely different from how we remember that famous line. We think it has this this impact, right? Like it's a mic drop. Right. But no, it's it's just more noise from Howdy, more more buzzing of these angry wasps. Right? Yeah, because that would that would destroy me no matter where I was. So I just assumed, mm-hmm. yeah, thinking back at the movie, that's what happens with Karis. And I also right. think as a less confident director than Friedkin, I would want every single one of those things to land and to cut back to to Karis and see him mm. responding or not responding to those things. But the best way to not show him not responding, I guess, is exactly what you're saying. It's just like, well, let's move on. We're, we're, we're busy. Right. We got work to do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Where again, um, I think, I think, but I think you're right. I think that like an earlier Karis, like the day before would have right. responded to that and would yeah. have had, would have had a close up of him going, no. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Of uh, literally Luke Skywalker's face. Right. Of, right. Ah! No. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <clears throat> Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your mother. (laughs) He told me enough. (laughs) He told me she went to Hell, Michigan and had a really good time. (laughs) No, she went to Helltown, Ohio. No, that's not true. That's impossible! Search your feelings. You know it to be true. No! Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Man, do you think they'll cast us in uh, Star Wars Episode Five someday? (laughs) (laughs) 
when we when we get the remake of Empire, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, or when they when there's like you know community theater production of the Empire Strikes Back, and we could <laughs> we could audition for that. I'll audition if you audition. Oh, I'd say you know, <laughs> you don't don't gonna ask me twice. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Keenan, you're absolutely right. Like. One day earlier, this would have messed with Dimmy, I think. Destroyed him, probably. Yeah. And, like, this is, you know, something has happened, right? He has he has met Marin, and, like, a little bit of, of Marin's um, will has kind of, like, like infused within him, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, I think, I think he's, he's grown, right? Like, like Dimmy's grown up uh, um, quite a bit uh, mm-hmm. in this film. But, yeah. So, so we're back with these priests, right? Howdy's just, you know— Screaming away, nobody's paying any attention. And Marin says, Lord, hear my prayer. And Damien responds. He says, and let my cry come unto thee. Mm -hmm. Um, Which in a kind of meta way is hard for us to hear. Mm -hmm. We, We hear Howdy more clearly. But that's because we're not these priests. We're, we're scared shitless because we're watching The Exorcist. Right. Also in the book, right, that's that you, you have to read it. You can't, you can't, um, get, Howdy screams, um, uh, you know, screaming over you in the book. Right? right. And it's also, again, the title of the last section. So you're like, ah, exactly. ah, ah, he said the thing. He said the he thing. He said the thing. He did, he did it. He did it. Right. So book one, the beginning. Book two, the edge. Book three, the abyss. Book four, your mother sucks cocks in hell. <laughs> ah. But yeah, no, no, no. I like... I like the fact that Howdy is louder and more bombastic and more frightening for us, but not for these priests. They uh-huh. are they're ignoring him. And and I also like that they're talking over him, but they're not like raising their voices. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're not, they're like, and and let my cry come unto they're not doing that, right? Right. They don't even need to. They don't even they don't even feel the need to match Howdy's energy. Mm-hmm. No. Um and also in that line. Let my cry come unto thee. We hear a little bit more of the emotion in Dimmy's voice, and to me, it sounds like Howdy's words did have an effect. But he is still hanging on. He's still praying. He's still in this. Um, I don't know if the beginning of the movie Dimmy would have been able to do that. Right. Like we were just saying, mm-hmm. right? Um, but once again, Marin looks up from the book, not to Reagan, but to Dimmy this time. And he says, the Lord be with you. And it could be that he looked up to say that very thing to him as part of the ritual. But I also like to think that he heard the change in Dimmy's voice and he's looking up, partly maybe like signaling for him not to stop, to, to hang in there, mm-hmm. but also partly to comfort him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so Marin is not only tending to Reagan and ministering to Reagan, he is also tending to Damien. What, what do you think, Keenan? Well, you know, they've only had a few interactions, but so far the two interactions have shown uh, Marin that Damien has, is lacking in faith, I would say, right? Mm-hmm. Right, because yeah. of these questions or, or these um, these uh, points of view that he's betraying, right, by saying, like, right. like, I need to tell you about this case, I need to tell you about these different personalities, right? Right, right. Um, yeah, and I think that uh, he probably does understand that he needs to keep uh, um, uh, Karis 
oh, faithful, uh, mm. alert, alive, <laughs> mm. uh, keep him um, uh, not seduced or distracted by the devil, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, because he, Marin has seen this before, but he knows that Karis is his first uh, rodeo, as it were. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I like that idea that you, so you think that he's even sensing um, in in the conviction that Karis is putting out in these lines, like he's sensing a change in Karis. Oh, like um, like a good change, you mean? Yes, Oh, I didn't even think of that. Like, but we've had could... three conversations, but oh, mm-hmm. this sounds different than the guy that I, I met in the doorstep, right? Oh. Like, yeah. I would like that. I would that, that would be great. Um yeah, I'll take that. All right. Um, <laughs> um yeah, it could it could it could be any one of those uh folks. It could be it could be that, you know, he's sensing that Karis is flagging. He's sensing that Karis is is rallying. Mm-hmm. Um, or it could just be like part of the ritual and he's like, you know, and the Lord be with you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um and we get uh, we get Damien's response here. He says, "And also with you." Mm-hmm. And Marin turns back, saying, "Let us pray." Um, now, just a little bit about this line here, Keenan. I think you may have uh, alluded to this, and I think I think John Mulaney also has a joke about this. Mm-hmm. Um, but for you and I, Keenan, growing up, it was always, and also with you, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then at some point, somehow, <laughs> someone did this to us. <laughs> yeah, and everybody just just knew. <laughs> next time we went to church, everybody everybody but us, right? That it had changed to and with your spirit. Um. So yeah, like like I can't remember how many. And and you know what, folks? I never learned my lesson because every time I go back to church, mm-hmm. I still I was like everyone's like the Lord be with you. I was like and also with you uh, with your spirit. Like I I have to catch myself every single time. Yeah, I wouldn't know how to. Yeah, that, it's just so ingrained in you. I don't know how you make those sort of changes. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it'd so, be like if somebody like made a change to the Hail Mary or something. The you know? the national anthem. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. It's and the the um land of the free and the home of my friends. Yeah. <laughs> we, we go, oh, 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 the brave, Wait, the, my my friends. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So, or the, so okay. the pledge of allegiance mm-hmm. or something. Oh yeah, or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I pledge allegiance to the flag of Hell, Michigan. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how you would how you would change that. It's just it's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Did they send out a an email to all the Catholics or, or this something? was this was before email? I think they sent out <laughs> was, a dove. <laughs> an archangel came down and said unto thee, yeah. Yeah. Michael came down and appeared in all of the Catholic streams. And mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. you weren't worthy enough, you just didn't you didn't hear it. Yeah. Be not afraid. Really, seriously, this is not something to be afraid about. Just, you know. Just wanted to update y'all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't, it, they wouldn't send Michael for that. They would, they would send some some um, lower-ranked angel. It would be like, um, like Zemiel or something like that. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a real, like, I just made that one up. But then, yeah, people would be like, I need to see some ID, Zemiel, yeah. the angel. <laughs> so you say you work under Michael? It's like, how can we, so you're saying that they've changed also with you to also to, to with your spirit. And who are you again? And he's just like, ah, I told Gabriel this would happen. Yeah. So do we know why they, they changed that or anything? Or? Yeah. So I, I looked it up. Um, so apparently this was one of a bunch of changes the, the church made in the early 2000s uh, specifically. Um, this one was 
to be more accurate mm-hmm. to the original Latin, right? Oh, okay. Which is et cum spiritu tuo, um, which literally means and with your spirit. Okay. So, so actually, it, it, it's closer to the original. Like this is, so it, it's always been and with your spirit. We've just, we've just been saying it wrong. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and even, but again, even though this was over a decade ago, I, I, <laughs> it still gets me. Um, because like as a, as a kid, you have this like Pavlovian response to that phrase because like it's near the end of the mass. So it means that Burger King is eminent. <laughs> Because that's what they would do. They would bribe us right. <laughs> with Burger King or Pizza Hut or, you know, some other thing. And whenever you hear, you know, peace be with you, right? Or the Lord be with you. You're like, <gasps> you're like, get also with you. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're coming, Burger King. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if you get it wrong, they start the whole mass over. <laughs> And they call Burger King ahead. <laughs> Let's say the Clark family gets no Burger King today. Mm-hmm. This uh, for I am the Lord. <laughs> they can have, they they can have a blasphemy meal, but <laughs> but that's it. No toy, right? <laughs> but yeah. So actually, okay. Interestingly, Keenan. In the 40th anniversary edition of the book, mm-hmm. Dimmy says, and with your spirit. Oh, okay. So they updated it. Well, so I read this and I was like, come on, Blatty. Like, you didn't need to change that. Keep it accurate to the times. Like, right, it was still right. set in, you know, the 1970s. But right. Keenan, Keenan, I went and I looked at my first edition copy and it also says, and with your spirit. No. And that was in 1971. No. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm trying to find my copy. No, that's insane. So what, what, how do we explain that? Did he, he's a time traveler? That's where my mind goes. I mean, he just, he just, Dimmy was right in the, in that scene. He's like getting a, a time machine and hop back. No. So I did some research uh-huh. and apparently, apparently, even though it wasn't official until like 2011, mm-hmm. clergy and scholars and other folks with like a deep connection to the ritual mm-hmm. were saying and with your spirit in English before it was cool because it was more accurate. Huh. So, so in the film, they change it to the, the less accurate, but right. more, more common use of it. And also with yeah. you. So I'm wondering, so like I can see, I can see Blatty putting it in there and, and it kind of like causing a little stir and they're like, no, oh, that's not right. But like, like him having like some this is this is him like having a little bit of um like like deep knowledge and and like they they'd be impressed by that it's like oh yeah interesting um but the movie so he's writing that on his own and in the movie yes. we have uh three at least technical advisors right we have tom birmingham yes. um uh-huh. william o'malley who plays right. uh dr uh, doctor sorry uh father dyer and then uh john mm-hmm. nicola right Profe- uh, Robert exactly john yeah so so mm-hmm. so they were standing in so i i don't know who's responsible for the change but maybe it's like they're like yeah that is more correct but that's not what you know what right. the priest would say here it's like that's that's such a deep cut that they're <laughs> they're not even going to notice it so right. take it out yeah that's giving deep cut yeah, <laughs> it's giving. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got you. I got you. Oh, did you hear? Did you hear? We made we made some more um um uh, changes to uh to mass. We now instead of you know chanting, we just say it's giving. 
Lord, you're giving. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's very mm-hmm. interesting, right? Yeah. Right. We have all those advisors there. Yeah. So it must so it had to be a conscious decision to change it from mm-hmm. with your spirit to also with you. Yeah. I bet like like what does it say in the in the screenplay? Because that's body uh, too. Well, da, 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 da. Yeah, I don't think it's here. So actually, in um, I, I don't I don't see it in here. But in in okay. this section, um, we have a lot going on. So there's a lot of prayer and then a lot of description in the screenplay of what's going mm-hmm. on. But at one point, we have Marin. I adjure you, ancient serpent, by the judge of the living and the dead, by your dot dot dot. As Marin continues off screen, and then we have an open parentheses remainder of material in appendix close parentheses. Um, so that's not uncommon when we have so like it's like okay, we're not going to take up screen play pages with the stuff that kind of is background um uh, oh. uh, so sometimes you'll do this where um you'll see this word like there's a news report or something and okay someone has to write what the news reporter is saying even though right we we know that the news reporter was gonna um in the finished cut of the movie is gonna trail off and then the main characters are gonna be like oh it's a news story that's about our lives right there's we never right. we never watch a news story that's not about something relevant right it's the, yeah it's the carmen coincidence uh a news edition right, um, right. like so- if they're going to like see a play of hamlet <laughs> right. and the actors are speaking on stage while like you know the main characters are like in the audience whispering to each yeah. other you don't have to like take up screenplay with Right. With Hamlet's lines. Yeah, but someone does have to write that for the actors, right? Or have that mm. for the actors who are playing Hamlet, right? Right. Yeah, so so it looks like Blatty put together an appendix for these prayers, but I don't have that. Um, oh, okay. I, yeah, so oftentimes it'd be at the end of the screenplay. Like uh, w- in class, we use the uh, Stranger Things uh, pilot um, in TV uh-huh. writing class, and, and that's there where um, there's a bunch of like phone conversations that in the script, it's only like um, the, the point there is like, oh, we're seeing all these phone conversations of everybody in the town. Down, and right. um, the government is, is monitoring all of them. Uh, right. So in the script and in the in the pilot, it's like one line. What do you think of it? What do you think we have for dinner? Oh, I got. Oh, right, right. But then, but then in the appendix, it has the full conversations for the actors. But, oh, but yeah. Okay. So that I don't know that. So it looks like somewhere around uh, around the production there was one, but I, it's not attached to this PDF of the script anymore. So mm. yeah, um, yeah. Somebody had to write down everything that Max Fonseca was going to say. It's he can't like. Just improvise. Right. <laughs> Just yes and your way into scripture, please. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I like like if I had to put money down, mm-hmm. I would bet that Blatty tried to have it be end with your spirit. Mm-hmm. Like as one of the, like like he's pulling one of those. He's like, actually, it's karate, right? <laughs> and and Friedkin or one of the one of the advisors is like, no, we we say karate over here. Right. Everybody knows karate. Just like <laughs> just just say karate, right? Right. But that's not accurate. And it's like, well, well, sometimes you're too accurate. No one knows what the hell you're talking about. Exactly. Writers. <laughs> okay, so from here we cut and we are further back um can we can we call this an over the shoulder like we're behind dimmy looking at the bed almost as if like we're one of the other family members and we like just walked in on this or more like like we were over dimmy's shoulder but we like got scared and and stood up and started like backing away to the far wall yeah i'd still call it an over the shoulder but it would have to be explained like if you were yeah telling the crew like hey we're gonna do an over the shoulder this is not what they would assume you meant. Right, yeah. Um, and Marin is still praying. He says, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And all the while, Howdy is snarling and growling. And make special note here of the way Howdy is at first 
directing all of this at Karis and then at the words Jesus Christ from Marin, he turns again like a cornered animal who has like sensed a new threat. And this is where that animal imagery really comes home for me, Keenan. You said this howdy was more like a cornered animal, very desperate, very uh, uh, different from our articulate book howdy. Yeah. And a, like a series of desperate animals, right? It's like, I'm mm-hmm. going to low like a cow here. Oh, that's not working. I'm going to be a snake here. Now I'm going to be mm-hmm. a, a yapping wolf, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And just to read some of these lines from the screenplay that are given to um, Reagan Demon, as as it's called here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's Reagan Demon in the character, uh, the character heading and sometimes it's like reagan dennings um later on oh, it'll right, be right, right. reagan mother to mean um mm-hmm. mrs Karras. right yeah but so reagan demon hypocrites like we don't have that here mm-hmm. <laughs> liar proud bastard go back to the mountaintop and speak to your only equal oh god that is my <laughs> that like i was waiting for that that is that is one of my favorite lines from the book yeah speak to your only equal oh. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, yeah, that that has to go in the movie. That that would mm-hmm. seem like um, like how do we convey that um, that the exorcism is like having some kind of effect and and like hurting her or you know right. um, uh, uh, working at all if she's able to be articulate like that? Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, like like in the book, like I said, like this is this is like a very memorable part for me. It's like this this standoff between Howdy and Marin, mm-hmm. and and Howdy like matches Marin's prayer with a curse like almost point for point right. like he says he he throws like the exact same thing like the the equal and opposite thing back at him and it's and it's great it's like Mwah, it's chef's kiss <laughs> but it like in a movie it would it would be a little bit silly it right. would be it would be overly melodramatic and it, like you know you're trying to create this mood here i i really like for the movie this unpredictable unhinged scared mm-hmm. animal that howdy has become right because it's like when an animal is scared and and like is is in a corner, like that's that's when like it can be the most dangerous. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so so the the snarling ramps up again. Uh, the bed is shaking. Marin is continuing to pray. He says, "Who once and for all consigned that fallen tyrant to the flames of hell?" And as he's speaking, we cut to Dimmy, and he looks so lost. <laughs> His eyes even do like this quick like side to side as if as if he's looking for like a hidden camera or maybe like just to see if anybody else is seeing this mm-hmm. and that's the only way i can describe it folks it, it looks like he he turns away and back to reset and to make sure that he's actually seeing this or he's he's looking for how to react mm-hmm. and we cut back to Marin again we're on the other side of the bed uh as if we're like a third priest with with reagan between us mm-hmm. um and, you know she's snarling and growling smoke is billowing from from the captain howdy dragon and Marin is still praying he says who sent your only begotten son into the world to crush that roaring lion hasten to our call for help and in the middle of these words we cut back to Dimmy, and it's another comical look at, at least it seems that way to me he he hears something and he looks down and we see like the bedpost pounding the floor mm-hmm. um we cut back up to dimmy and it's another abbott and costello like huh? <laughs> and and we see the other bedpost hammering the floor now right mm-hmm. or okay like maybe i'm getting this feeling of comedy because he's being proven wrong in rapid succession mm-hmm. Like, it feels to me that at least on some level, Friedkin and Roisman set these shots up to show how 
unprepared and in over his head Dimi is versus how prepared and unfazed Marin is. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, as an answer to to Dimi's doubts a few minutes ago, right? Like, this this is the answer to, do you want to hear the background of the case? Or, you know, the personalities that Reagan has manifested. It's almost like the demon or God is saying, oh, you want manifested? I'll give you a manifested. Here's a manifested, Dimi. <laughs> Yeah, but just those, you know, yeah, out of context, these reaction shots are funny. I mean, they it's him, him like, uh oh, like, because he's looking at Reagan and, um, and, you know, she's snarling around. And then mm-hmm. it's this crazy thing, because uh, I remember the bed floating, but the bed is floating much earlier than I remember the bed yeah. is floating, like as Reagan starts to um, uh, uh, fight against her bounds, right, like mm-hmm, her hands mm-hmm. being bound, it, the bed is kind of going up. And, uh, and then yeah, so then Damien is like, am I seeing what I'm seeing? And then he looks down like, Oh, yeah, I'm seeing what I'm seeing. I mean, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. in another context, right, if we if we change the inputs, <laughs> the stimuli, mm-hmm. it would be it would be funny. It'd be a complicated. It really is like a like, yeah, you you, you take this clip out and put it in like a Scooby-Doo movie or something. And he's like, is that a, you know? Yeah. And then he looks and he looks and we see the insert of, Oh, it's a ghost. And he still is like, I don't know if it's a ghost. I don't want it to be a ghost. Right. 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 He's trying, he's trying to get away from the ghost and he's a, you know, he's, he's, he's moving things out of the way. Right. And he's handing it to the ghost. He's like, thank you. Thank you. Right. And then he pauses and he does a slow turn, <laughs> and the ghost is right there. <laughs> but he's like, "Thanks, I'm really trying to get these things in order before the ghost comes." And yeah, then he yeah. walks two steps and turns around, <laughs> <laughs> looks at the camera. He's like, "Oh!" <laughs> and he just like disappears, and there's this like dimmy shaped like cloud of dust in his. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But no, none of that happens because he's he's it's, it's not Scooby Doo. Um, <laughs> much as we want it to be right um but yeah so like i i can't like it has to be it has to be intentional that that we're at least getting a little bit of humor here and i don't i don't not like that i i i like that dimmy is being shown mm-hmm. what this actually is right yeah um okay also there's a weird insert shot of the bed weird do you see this it's the set so he looks down at the other, what should be the other bedpost. Mm-hmm. So he looks down once because he hears the the, the banging, right. and it's the and it's the right side bedpost, mm-hmm. and it's banging on the floor. Right. And then he he looks back up, and then he looks back down, and it should be the left one. But do you see uh, what's going on there? He looks where he's seeing part of the bed where he should be. Exactly. So I think you found a, a continuity error. Yeah. 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 So we're seeing like like folks, if you if you want to you know ruin this movie for yourselves, like I did. <laughs> Yeah, we're seeing him look at a spot where because he, he is in theory um, kind of hugging the left side of the uh, you know of the uh, right. of the bed, and then he looks to the left side of the bed, and then we see where he would be kneeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it so he should be in that shot yeah. of the. It's like a, it's like a full shot of the foot of the bed just banging away. Well, thanks, and he's Lester. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's so quick. We don't like like you know you might have missed no, it. No, I've never and, noticed that at all. Right? Yeah. And you would have been happier. <laughs> That's not what we're here for, to make you happy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so from here, we cut back. Um, we're looking at Marin again from the other side of the bed, more snarling from Howdy as Marin continues. Mm-hmm. And here, it was hard for me to, to tell earlier, but right here, he is looking up from the book, and even though he is still praying to God, he is looking directly mm-hmm. at Howdy right. as he says, 
and snatch from ruination and from the clutches of the noonday devil, this human being made in your image and likeness. There's even a, there's even a little nod at the word ruination, mm-hmm. as if as if Marin is saying that's you, your ruination, your death, your famine, your your pestilence. You're you're not a who, you're a what. And then when he says. And from the clutches of the noonday devil, he continues to look directly at Howdy. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, interesting little side thing about this phrase, the noonday devil, um, that always jumped out to me whenever I heard it. Like I remember hearing it in church growing up and being interested in the juxtaposition of that phrase. Because like you you associate the devil and, and evil with night, mm-hmm. right? right? Like I know the devil's not a vampire, but <laughs> like it just always stuck out to me. Like Prince of Darkness noonday devil mm-hmm, right right they almost sound like two different things and and then you think it's like okay is is like noonday devil another title for satan you know that's interesting uh-huh. or are there like specific daytime devils that are like also running around in the heat of the desert you know giving you like a heat stroke and and causing you to sin right that's also like really really interesting mm-hmm. um and it turns out um it's it's actually closer to, to to that um the phrase noonday devil refers to a concept found in early christianity um particularly associated with uh the early desert fathers those were the the early christian monks and nuns who lived mainly in uh the Cetes desert of egypt beginning around the third century a.d um it, it's a poetic term for one of the demons that monks believed would afflict them during their daily life of prayer and labor specifically the quote, noonday devil re- represents uh, the demon of, um, I'm going to pronounce this, acedia, A-C-E-D-I-A, um, also known as spiritual sloth. Um, so it's a state of like listlessness and torpor. Um, it's an inability to, to, to care for or be concerned about one's position or c- condition in the world. It manifests as like a feeling of weariness, of sadness, lack of purpose, lack of direction um, in your spiritual life, right? Um, and this reminded me a lot of how they translated um, Belial. Remember, mm-hmm. um, Keenan, we were talking about like the name Belial just means worthlessness, worthlessness right? Yeah. And um, and we mentioned this on our uh, our bonus episodes, folks, in uh, I think it was book two of Paradise Lost because we have the character Belial um, who like like now in demonology, like he's a big deal. Like he's like, I don't know, he's got like 76 legions mm-hmm. or whatever. He's a, he's a prince of the, you know, whatever tier. Um, but like you go back and you you find his name in the Bible and you 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 get more and more accurate with the translations and you find out that they might be talking about, you know, even though they didn't know it, they might be talking about like clinical depression mm-hmm. or, or just like, like fatigue or something like that. Right. And a vibe. it's a vibe. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. A, a mood, mood. <laughs> even. Right. All right. <laughs> Belial's giving. <laughs> yeah. But, but in, in doing this research about the noonday devil, mm-hmm. it sounds like, like, kind of like that as well. Like, it sounds like, like just like a feeling of like, like, like meh that attacks you in the middle of the day. But spiritual sloth as opposed to they're distinct from, you know, other sloth, which is attacked in, in, uh, in theology, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like spiritual um, meh. productive productivity sloth. This is not quite that. Well, Cause it's, a, it says like fatigue and torpor and listlessness mm-hmm. and everything like that. I wonder if it's like, you know, like when you when you're having heat stroke, you're 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 not too worried about you know. <laughs> yeah, I guess not finishing a prayer. You know, <laughs> right? Unless you are, right? But, <laughs> right. But yeah, actually, so so it comes from Psalm ninety one six of the Bible, which mentions the 
terror of the night and the arrow that flies by day, the pestilence that roams in darkness and the destruction that lays waste at noon. Early Christian writers and monks um, interpreted this destruction that lays waste at noon as um, they call it acedia, um, imagining it as a demon that strikes at the middle of the day when the sun is highest and one's energy and vigilance uh, might uh, wane. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so like over time, it was kind of like folded into the broader Christian understanding of the seven deadly sins, mm-hmm. um, of, often under the sin of sloth. Uh-huh. So, um, which actually like Belial was like in in Paradise Lost. So, so they might be closer than than we think. Yeah, but they they are finally, I guess, like no, that's just sloth. That's that's not spiritual sloth, uh, bodily sloth, whatever. It's it's sloth. Right. Yeah. Sloth is sloth, right? <laughs> right. But yeah, so but but you know, in in this context, noonday devil is a you know, it's another kind of like evil spirit, and and Marin is is referencing that as he is trying to um, you know cast Howdy out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so Marin says, and snatch from ruination and from the clutches of the noonday devil, this human being made in your image and likeness. And folks, if you listen to uh, our bonus episodes, we get into this idea about humans being made in God's image, specifically in our uh, Paradise Lost episodes. There's a part in the poem when Satan sees Adam and Eve for the first time, and for just a second, he gets emotional. It surprises him. And we hear it all the time, right? You know, God made us in his image, Mm -hmm. and you know, but here, folks, is one more thing in this movie, to separate Reagan from Howdy. Howdy has no name, Howdy has no body, and he has no image. I mean, sure, we talk about like the, you know, the scary white Eileen Dietz face, and, you know, we wondered like what the rest of him looks like, mm-hmm. but what if that's it? What if that is as far as he can manifest, and maybe only because he's like appearing in Karis's dream right. or in Reagan's mind mm-hmm. or like in a reflection on Chris's stove? That <laughs> right, time, right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. again, if if we don't think of that one as canon, which I don't, I don't know, right? right. Um, then yeah, then all the other all the other iterations are in the mind. That so that's mm-hmm. as far as how how he can get because how he can you know um uh play Ouija board you know with um, uh-huh. uh, with Reagan, but can't necessarily have a body. Right. So, but right. man, that one in the stove that complicates that. And I don't know what to do with it Yeah, because <laughs> she doesn't see it to remind her. She doesn't see, she it. Doesn't That's see the thing. it. So we see it. So it would seem like it's objectively real. It's, it's, it's actually him. Yeah. Right. But only on stovetops. All right. Yeah. It's shaking bacon. I helped. <laughs> as soon as you said stovetop, I was like, oh, think, the, think of something. Think of something. But you got it. You Great. Got it. Wonderful. Yeah. Good. <laughs> You missed a spot. <laughs> but yeah, this is another thing. I like, I like the idea that he is stealing Reagan's image mm-hmm. from her. And we see proof of that in how popular the scary Reagan face is in all of the merchandise and the, and the promotional stuff, mm-hmm. right? That's the face you remember is Reagan's face, Reagan's image that how and what Howdy has done to it. You remember that more than you know, the Captain Howdy face, you know, the Eileen Dietz mm-hmm. face. Yeah, I'm looking. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't see a uh, Captain Howdy Funko Pop. I think that's just dropping the ball, the ball there. They could. I think so too, <laughs> right? I would totally buy that. Right, but yeah, but they only have the Chris McNeil one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And apart from how scary her face is, you also get this feeling that something that you can't quite see is looking out at you from behind a mask. That's what I was trying to get at before. Like the way her eyes are, like with the pupils so tiny mm-hmm. that like it, it looks like like Howdy is just behind those those little points of blackness, and he's and he's looking at you, almost like like you would wonder like is that is that wasp looking at me 
with its little tiny eyes, mm-hmm. right? Because you can't you can't see, you can't read, you know, its eyes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so as Marin is speaking, we cut again and we are over his shoulder once more. Um, more snarling and shouting from Howdy as Marin says, strike terror, Lord, into the beast now laying waste to your vineyard. We cut again uh, as he is speaking, and we are behind Karis, but not quite over his shoulder. It's as if we have gotten up and are slowly backing away. Um, And I want to praise both Mercedes McCambridge and Linda Blair here. It is not an easy thing to do to keep up this energy and this ferocity over what I'm sure are multiple takes. And yes, we're seeing it through many cuts. There may have been, you know, some breaks in between, you know, to rest and recuperate, but but then like matching and maintaining that energy so that it looks like it's all one continuous struggle mm-hmm. um, that is that is ramping up is also very, very hard. Right. And yes, this version of Howdy is becoming more and more desperate, mm-hmm. more and more animal, less and less human as we go. It's almost like the devolution Mm -hmm. of that Soviet film theory you were talking about way in the early episodes of our show, Mm. Keenan, right? Like we're we're showing an image of a man and an animal, right? right? And that's like thesis and and antithesis. Mm -hmm. And then we see the statue of Pazuzu and that's synthesis. Right, right. right. Like like he he gets his power from both of those things. What what man is and what man isn't, and he has both of them combined. And that's scary and strong and weird. Yeah. Yeah. And here it's like Marin is reversing that process by invoking Reagan's humanity. Mm-hmm. He he is he is separating her from Howdy, and Howdy is being reduced to this snarling beast, which is which is even more rudimentary than the statue of Pazuzu. Mm-hmm. Pazuzu has a body. Pazuzu has a name, right? Right. And a, a family, right? Like he's, <laughs> he's the son of uh, you know this god, and he's you know he's got an ex wife. Yeah, and all he's that got stuff, a complicated right? backstory. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> and but but Howdy is becoming less than even that. Mm-hmm. He's he's less than the idea of Pazuzu. Maybe he wore that image once upon a time, but like he's older than that, and he's he's more elemental, more elementary. Um, He's he's a he's a will of the wisp. He's a he's a whisper on the southwest wind, and he's right. and he's going back to that. He's he, he's 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 being driven back to that mm-hmm. formless, voiceless, and nameless. Yeah, I like that. Mm. Speaking of nameless, mm. we're still backing away behind Karis as Marin gets up from his kneeling position. He rises, and Dimmy rises with him, and Marin makes the sign of the cross over Reagan as he says. Let your mighty hand cast him out of your servant, Reagan Teresa McNeil. Mm-hmm. And that is when Howdy lets out a cry of pain, and it is not at all ambiguous. That hurt what Marin just did, what Marin just said. And I like how you can read it both ways because Marin had just made the sign of the cross over her, but he had also spoken Reagan's full name. And I like to think that's what hurt, Mm -hmm. that that's her name. She is Reagan Teresa McNeil. You are not part of her. You are an intruder. You are a virus and you are being separated from her. It's, It's like being in Reagan burns him. The reminder that, that she has a name and is loved burns him mm, that she I, I like that right and then again it's like that's your the name that your mother gave you right like the, yes because like, yeah, that's why we have that little conversation out there like what's your uh your no shoot keenan pay attention <laughs> i was gonna say your mother's maiden name right right <laughs> what, is, wait, 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 wait. what is your mother's maiden name mrs mcneil very good very beautiful name and now the last four digits of your 
social security number. <laughs> and the name of your first pet, please. <laughs> Father, are you sure? Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's all part of the, the ritual. <laughs> yeah, trust me, trust me. I, I, I need all of this. I need all of this. The IRS has notified you that you owe them money, <laughs> and if you don't pay them today in the form of Walmart gift cards, you and your whole family will be going to jail. It's very unfortunate. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I, I am I am a Jesuit priest, but I am also a member of of the IRS police force. Yes, we have a police force. Don't don't you're asking too many questions. But no, like like yeah, I I what do you think of that, Keenan? Like, do you think it's the sign of the cross, or do you think it's it's the mention of the name that causes Howdy to be like? Ah, I you know? I like that it is the mention of the name. Yes, that that mm. is reminding of who you are, and that um we have secret power over you, and and all of that stuff. Yeah, mm, mm, mm. and yeah, it, yeah, yeah. And you're right. It unambiguous. It hurts. That is not pretend. <laughs> right, right. That's not. That's not. The hag from Snow White having a good old time dancing in my pleasure cathedral. <laughs> right. That is Captain Howdy straight up not having a good time, bro. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like Marin is relentless. Yeah. He just continues. He says, so he may no longer hold captive this person. And now the bed begins to rattle and pound mm-hmm. again. We we cut in and it's a close up on Marin as we follow him, as he bends down to pick up some holy water and says, whom it pleased you to make in your image. And he straightens up and he throws the holy water on Howdy. We cut again. It's a close-up of a frenzied Howdy writhing in pain on the bed as Marin begins the next sentence. He says, and to redeem. And unfortunately, that is where we get cut off in the minute. But I actually like that we end today on that word, Mm. redeem. I like how that word has significance for multiple characters in this story, let alone the ones in this room. Mm-hmm. So we'll pick back up next week and hear the rest of Marin's prayer as the exorcism continues. For now, that is all of my notes. Keenan, is there anything else? No, I think we got it. All right, folks, this has been another excellent Exorcist Minute. I've been Lester Ryan Clark. You can reach me on all the socials as Lester Ryan Clark. And I've been Keenan Diaz. You can find me on Instagram and Letterbox at Howdy Keenan. Yep, we got our listener group, Compelling Conversations. Go check that out and request to join, and we'll let you in here with us. Us. Thank you so much to everyone who has shared the show by word of mouth or on social media, and a big thank you to everyone who has given us a five-star ratings on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to our show. We really appreciate that. It's going to help our little podcast grow and find more cool people like you. Mm-hmm. Okay, Keenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Folks, until next time, the, the power, power of hell, Michigan, compels you. How many people do you imagine are getting their cock sucked in hell, Michigan, right now? I I mean, (laughs) the law of probability states that at this moment, Mm -hmm. what is, okay, what is the population of hell, Michigan, first of all? This is the real research that people want to know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, 72 people live in hell, Michigan, but of course they're they're flooded with tourists. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, That must be three or 4,000 tourists right now in hell, Uh Michigan. (laughs) And you know what you want to do, like when you're you're a tourist, right? 
I mean, how many hotels have they got over there? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's like the hell, the hell inn, the uh, mm-hmm. the hell bed and breakfast, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the hell La Quinta inn. Let's see. Oh, I see now why why it's why it's hell. Why? There's no Burger King anywhere. <laughs> they don't have a Burger King in Hell, Michigan. Oh well, fuck that. I was <laughs> I was ready to pack my bags. I was like, no Burger King, Jesus. <laughs> They're in on this vast conspiracy to deny the Clark children their their birth. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what what my priest was like threatening me with? He's like, it's like if you're bad, you're gonna go to hell, Michigan. And you know they got no Burger King over there. No. <laughs> yeah, the nearest Burger King is 40 minutes away. <laughs> wow. Mr. and Mrs. Clark are, are like, you you kids have misbehaved in, in church for the last time. We're moving to hell, Michigan. <laughs> it's 33.3 miles walk to get to Burger King. See wow. how you like it. <laughs> you could burn off a burger from Burger King just by going there and back. <laughs> oh, what do they have in in hell? Like what? what like specifically fast food? What do they? Nothing, have? man. What? Nothing. <laughs> can you can you imagine Lester <laughs> living in a town with no fast food? They got the Hell Saloon and the Go to Hell um, ice cream store and souvenir shop. I'm gonna be spending a lot of time with that and that ice cream store. <laughs> I tell you. Wait, wait. What's the what's the name of the the ice cream store? The Hell Hole Bar. They didn't call it Hell Freezes Over. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> a cold day in hell. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I need to go there and just like set up shop. I'll be the, like the best marketer, you know, turn that place around. It'll be another Pixar movie. It's like, yeah. you know, I meet the locals and I'm, I'm like, you know, a, a city, city boy looking to, you know, uh, you know, make a name for myself here in hell. Yeah. You can right? be the king of hell. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, wait, what's the, uh, what's the weather like that uh, over there? Does it rain in hell? Oh, uh, every day probably. probably okay. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Ke- Keenan, mm-hmm. does it rain? In hell. <laughs> well, it's better to reign in hell than to serve in heaven, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I like you specifically chose Florida. I love that. 